It comes around every 76 years and blazes across the sky for about six weeks. Haley's Comet. Visible to the naked eye with a beautiful blooming tail. It's Haley's Comet. Throughout history, it's caused speculation on its meaning and panic when it becomes visible. It's a comet. Especially in quite a modern time, 1910. This week, we're talking about the 1910 panic caused by Haley's Comet. So, boy, I um, I did, I, I pinged it quite early on what it was. Yeah, that? I figured you would. <laughs> Welcome to Cheeky Tales, episode sixteen. Boy, we're going to space. I'm very excited by that. Yeah, and slightly annoyed at myself for not beating you to the punch with space. I know, I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but that's why I was excited for this week because we're yeah. going to space, boy. You got me. Uh, I might be in over my head. Uh, in over your head uh, this week. Uh, space is high. With, 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 with space. Um, is space high or are we- I don't know. We're low. No, I guess there's no like high in space, is there? No. High is based on- And this is the kind of thing that I'm thinking at the moment now. <laughs> so, I don't know if it's been established. Has it been established that you're like quite into your space stuff? I feel like it might have been mentioned at least once or twice. Okay. Uh, not, I don't think we've delved into the depths of how into space I am. Not the sci-fi stuff, like factual history. No. Historical I, space. I love particularly historical space. Yep. Um, but like there's some exciting stuff going on at the moment. SpaceX, obviously. But yeah, the Apollo missions in particular, I am deep in. <laughs> Having a good old scratch there, Thor. I am deep into the Apollo missions. Yeah. Nice. Um, you and some other friends put together a nice present for me yes, one time, yes we did. which was a I, piece of the Apollo 11 capsule. I'm quite proud of that because yeah. I was the head idea of that. I was quite proud of that as a present for you. Yeah. For your Columbia. birthday. Columbia. Piece of, uh, was it it's gold tin foil? Yeah. Yeah. That's only like a mil by mil, but it's it's it was sold off um, and then, yeah, and someone else bought it and they made collectible little uh, souvenirs of it. I'm just fact-checking myself. It was the uh, the return capsule, piece of the tinfoil yeah, from the I, return capsule. I'm pretty sure it was called Columbia. Okay. <laughs> the word in the background. So, the if you're hearing the creaking and stuff, that's Aaron's quite yes, it was Columbia cat Thor. Uh, I don't know if he made it into last episode, the meow. Did he end up No, I didn't. Well, it didn't get captured. Okay. Yeah. But I, I feel like the creaking- is That's probably going to make it through because it's happening when we're talking. So he's just sitting on the coffee table, cleaning yeah. himself, ear over the uh, paw did you say over the ear. Did you say he's my cat? Uh, I said, well, I did say it was your yeah, cat. Yeah, he's not he's, my cat. He's he not is, cat. He is a little foster boy at the moment. Uh, but oh, he's living in your house. and he's He is, yeah. A beautiful grey or what they call blue domestic short hair cat. Yeah, that's a lot to talk about the cat. I'm excited for space and we still got the fan on. We should turn that off. You want to turn it off? You can turn it off. Yeah. Just going to add, like, I was just assuming it's adding, the, like, the space ambiance in the background. All right. Now that I've turned off the fan, and wow, it is a lot quieter now, <laughs> um, there is one topic that I'd like to talk about. Yes. And I think it's surprising we haven't yet, and that is the shirt that you're wearing right now. Oh. You're wearing <laughs> half a shirt. The back <laughs> of it's just gone. It's like you're wearing a, it's like you're wearing a string bikini just on my back. back. Um, I like it. So I wear this shirt because it's very thin. Um, <laughs> it is at the back. It's so thin. It's not there. 
No, it's very thin and light, and I like wearing it on hot days because it just allows a bit of breeze through the back, to like, be honest. <laughs> this shirt, like picture the neck hole in a shirt. <laughs> and there's it's three on of them, the back. But there's three of them as well. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he, he, so he comes up to my door to come in. I'm like, oh, hey, boy, what's going on? Let him in. He walks past me. I turn around I'm like, what's going on with this shirt? I just, it's comfortable. Okay. Looks ridiculous. I, I'm not out here to impress anyone. I'm not here to impress you. Well, it'd be nice if you put in some effort. Okay, maybe I will next time. Good. Next recording, Spruce I'm coming in up. a suit and tie. No, Good. it's going to be too hot for that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, so, boy, um, you obviously picked up that it was Haley's comment. Straight away, yeah. Uh, I think you might have noticed that yep. when I kept saying it in the intro. Yep. Do you know much about it? Well, I know that it is a uh, comment that comes past every 76 years, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and- I, it, I, do, I, it changes a little bit. I yeah. say 76 throughout my script, but it's anywhere between 74 and 78, 78 I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it's considered to be a potential, uh, what's the what's the star in the Bible that leads them to Jesus? Bethlehem star. Star of Bethlehem. Star of Bethlehem. Yeah, yeah, that one. They reckon that might have been it. Um, that, that was mentioned in my research. I, I haven't. Included that, but um, yeah. So, like, there's a few instances like that I in think, history. I think what it was is that um, there was someone who painted that night yeah. the shepherds, and they used Haley's comment, comment, yeah, as a mm. reference. Do yeah, you know, it pops up. Do you know of the panic that it caused in 1910? No, and that shocks me uh, because that's the kind of thing I'd be right into. Okay, well, cool. Let's get into it. So we're going to start with the comet's discovery. We're going to go into a bit of the discovery first, and then we're going to hit a little bit of maths and science, and hopefully you're going to help me out with that section. Light it up, boy. Uh, do you know who discovered Haley's Comet? Well, I mean, discovered is a bit like it wouldn't be the guy that it's named after. It'd be the people like way back that first recorded it showing up. Damn, I thought you were going to say Haley. I was nope. going to- No. Well, um, yes and no. All right. So- in September of 1682, mm-hmm. Edmund Haley was studying comet observations over the past- You know what I was thinking? His name is Edmund Haley. And then I was like, nah, because it's Edmund Hillary. Hillary was the one that did Everest, right? I'm not sure. Pretty sure Edmund Hillary. Anyway, go on. Uh, he was studying comets throughout the centuries. Right. And he noticed that in 1531, 1607, and 1682, all had one of these omens of doom in the sky. Yeah. Because that's what they were, you know, thought of. Um, and he kind of went, is this a coincidence? They're all 76 years apart? Yeah. Uh, so, he used Isaac Newton's Law of Gravity, which was newly published at that time. He was actually pretty good friends with uh, Isaac Newton. And he was able to show that all of the all of those objects that he's seen in those years, they were actually seeing the same object. Yeah, so he worked out it was a cyclical thing. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He worked out that it was they were swinging around the sun on a vast orbit using, like I said, the newly published laws of gravity. Haley predicted that it would return in 1758, which it did on Christmas Day. Considering it's not like a specific yearly amount, that's pretty good. Yep. Uh, sadly, he never saw his prediction come true because he passed away in 1742. Yeah, I did know that. Like he named it, and he's like, he didn't actually name it. Oh, yeah, whatever. He found it yeah. and he's like, oh, this is when it'll be here. And everyone's like, yeah, right. And then he dies and never sees it. Yeah. So, in 1759, one year after Haley predicted it to return, uh, it was named by French astronomer Nicolas Louis de la Cille in Haley's honour. That's nice. So, uh, it's, its discovery, or when it was first seen, goes back a couple of thousand years 
to about 240 BC, when unknown Chinese astronomers noted a broom star in the eastern sky of May that year. Man, ancient China, they're just all up in it, are They're they? on the ball. It's like every time you talk about some technology or something, like, yeah, back in ancient China in 200 BC, they had te- cell phones. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just about anything. Like, yeah. you know, advanced agriculture, yeah. weaponry, technology. They had it. Cultural things. It, where did they go? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's just someone would have had to work that out too. Like, they would have had to go on, here's all these from different cultures, mm. paintings and stuff of yeah. Comet. And, like, work back from that year, 76 years ago. Okay, yep, this one was Haley's Comet. I yeah. like, wonder if they can date other events by it. Uh, yeah, they can, actually. Mm. I might go into that a bit later. If I, I don't know if I've got it written. I've got part of it written down. Yeah. Uh, and I left out the other part, but they can definitely date other. Um, we will get into that. Okay. So, what about the actual details of the Comet Boy? Are you, um, you're going to love this part, uh, mm. and I'm hoping you can help me out with some- Explanation of the termolo- uh, terminology, because sure. because I, I know you know some of these terms. Sure. So the comet's orbit is highly elliptical, mm. with an orbital e- eccentricity of zero point nine six seven. Eccentricity is eccentricity. Sorry, mm. sorry. Uh, we might have to break this down sentence by sentence. So elliptical. Oh, good. You're going to explain it. I've got it written down just in case you didn't know. But good, go <laughs> go for it. So elliptical is like how oval it is. Yes. So if it's not elliptical at all, it's a circle. Right. If it's highly elliptical, it's like you've squished a lemon. Yeah. Okay. So, I've got it written down that elliptical or an ellipsis is a circle that has two focal points. That's what yeah. the definition of that is. So, the dist- and the distance between the like two focal- taken a Like picture a rubber band. You put two fingers in it. Yes. And pull it out. That's it. Yeah. And the, and the distance of those uh, focal points are constant. Yeah. So, and the orbital eccentricity. Did I say yeah. that wrong again? Or eccentricity. Eccentricity. Mm. Uh, it is a value between zero and one. Mm-hmm. And zero is? Perfect circle. Perfect circle. And one is a, they call it a parabolic curve. So it's pretty much just a line that's going to pass through our solar system. Yeah. Not to come back. So it's just like pissing off. Yeah, it's pissing off. <laughs> hey, uh, see you. So Halley's Comet. I wonder how many things come through our- Probably a lot. Yeah. So Halley's Comet is, uh, it has that value 0.967. So it's pretty, pretty out there. That's 0.967 yes. and one is, one see is, you later. One's a parabolic curve. Yeah. yeah. Geez, one passed by Jupiter, it might see you later and we'll never see it again. Uh, they credit that as why it can vary between yeah. the 74 to 78 years, like Jupiter's gravity yeah. puts it off a little bit sometimes. Man, I, if you want an example of like why space is massive- and how, like, you should just be terrified of how tiny you are in space and how little your life matters to the universe. It, like, the size of Jupiter. Oh, yeah. Right? right? Yeah. Like, Jupiter is so big, it affects the sun's orbit. Like, Jupiter is so big that it has, like, 50 moons or something. Yes. Like, 50 moons in it. Yeah. Jupiter is so big. But then you get the comparison of Jupiter and the sun, and Jupiter looks tiny. Oh, yeah. But- <laughs> Jupiter is so big that it protects the Earth because things get yeeted off because they go past it. It, Like, that's just how tiny we are. And that's why, like, one stray asteroid, we're all dead again. (laughs) Um, I'm going to try and get some pictures of the elliptical orbit. Um, I hope 
I'm pretty sure I've seen one, but I hope I'll get a picture of where the comet is currently now. Yeah. So, like, where it is in its orbit. Well, it's on its way back, I think. Um, I think it's- Is it? No, it wouldn't be. No, I think it's about halfway. No, it'd be on its way back because it was 83 at last came. 86. 86. Oh, damn. Sound like a genius still, that. No. But yeah, 86. It's, it, I, think, so, I think it's halfway. Ooh, yeah. It'd be just before it comes back. So- Just think about how old we're going to be when it comes back. I'm going to be 76. It was, it, it was here on my birth year. Oh, man. I'm going to be 76. <sighs> That's lame for you. Mm. I'll be a sweet 70-ish. <laughs> so, the perihelion. Boy, I know you this one. Do you want to want to give us the explanation for perihelion? So, perihelion's the closest point to the sun? Yes. Mm. So, it's the, the point in orbit closest Otherwise to the sun. Otherwise known as the periapsis. Okay. I'm- I believe the periapsis might be on Earth. But- okay. Um, the perihelion is... 0.6 AU. That is. Do you know what an AU is, boy? One AU is the distance between the sun and the earth. Good. Excellent. See, I knew you were going to help me out with this part. Do you know it in like distance? Nah. Okay. So the distance- More than seven Ks. <laughs> the distance between the sun and the earth is eight light minutes. Yep. That's a measurement people use. Mm-hmm. Or 150 million kilometers. More than seven. More than seven. Mm. The- Boy, think- that's a long way. The- uh, 150 million, million kilometers. kilometers. Yeah. Oh, there's this awesome video that I saw that was like somebody explaining the like, solar system, the solar on, a football system field. on a football field. Yes. And like if the sun. Actually, no, let's let's do it right. Let's get that guy because he does yeah. a lot of really good science videos. Yeah. So let's get it right. And we're going to name him because I want you to, I want people to go and actually. Yeah. We'll put it in the link tree. Okay. It'll be right alongside James Hunt talking about his balls. (laughs) That was so funny. (laughs) That's in the link tree. If you uh, listen to that episode and want to see that video. Continue talking about it because explain the video. Okay. So while John Googles, uh, which we know takes a while. I've got it. Oh, wow. That's got to be the quickest Google you've ever done. I didn't even use Google. I just went straight to YouTube. <laughs> so this this video, this guy's explaining if the sun was on the- the Like the try line of the NFL yeah. field. Yeah. What do they call that line? Uh, the end zone. They just call it the end zone. Yeah. I don't the, know if the that end zone line starts has a name. Line. Yeah, no. Anyway, the, the start of the end zone in an NFL field or like the try line in an NRL field for our Australians or the goal line for soccer- I mean, oh, geez, football. Um, don't come after me. <laughs> England should have won. Um, yeah, so, like, if the sun was on there, where the planets would be on the football field in comparison. Yes. And I think the Earth is, like, and I think the it's compared to a soccer ball, right? Like, if the sun was a soccer, soccer ball. Soccer ball, yeah. Yeah, so if the sun was the size of a soccer ball. Football. <laughs> oh, jeez. If the sun was the size of a football, then, footy, then- the Earth would be like at the eighty meter line or something. Yeah. I can't remember the numbers exactly. It's huge, and then the, the rest of the planets are just out of the stadium. yeah. And the Earth would be like the size of a pinhead or something. Yeah, um, yeah. And after you get past like Mars, they're out of the stadium, down the road, like kilometers mm. away. So, so the video is drone solar system model. How far is Planet Nine? And yeah, it's by Mark Rover. And Planet Nine is Pluto. No, or, no, because no, they're like mm, they theorize there's another. Large planet out there because yeah. its gravity is affected out there. And mm. never, never so yeah, Mark Mark Rober he does a lot of excellent science videos. Um, mm. If you want to look it up, we'll have it in the link tree. But yeah, think about that. If the sun was a football, yeah, the Earth is eighty meters away. I know, like that's so far. It's we're so, so far. Tiny. Uh, 
So the opposite of the perihelion buoy. Well, I don't know that name, but uh, apoapsis is the okay. Yeah, well, it's uh, the aphelion. Aphelion. Well, that, that that okay. We can use those terms. That's the term I was as I was researching. They are was terms. Yeah. I think they're relating to the sun, whereas apoapsis and periapsis is Earth. Okay. So and that is the point in orbit furthest, furthest away from the yeah. sun. Um, and its uh, value is thirty five AU. That's the furthest is thirty five. You know, that's not as big as I would have thought. Well, like if 35 you wanna, AU if you and it takes 78 years. If you want to times 35 by 150 million kilometers, what's that going to give yeah, you? It's a long way, but like yep. it takes 76 years. 76? 76 years. Anyway. Well, you think about it. Um, you times 35 by eight. And we- actually, you got to remember that as things get further away from the sun, they slow down. They slow down, yeah. Man, this is going to be a like- There's there's a heavy- This get- is a me heavy episode. Yeah. There's a- <laughs> The next- couple of minutes is pretty math and yeah. science heavy, but we'll get through, we'll get to the fun part. We, I've, I've got to set this up um, and I had to drag out the episode a little bit. But. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't filler for me, boy. I know. I know. Everyone else just hit your skip forward 30 minutes. So 30 minute, 30 second. If we times 38, 35 by eight, yeah. it's 280. So it takes like 280 minutes. Or what's that now is- um, 280 for so an hour 60. Yeah. So it takes four and a half hours for the light to travel from the sun to- Yeah, that's a long way. It's a long way because mm. we're only talking hours, but a light year. Yeah. Because a light year is actually not a uh, measurement of distance, is it? It's a measurement of time. No, it's, it's a distance. It is a distance, but it's actually a measure of time, isn't it? No. No, light no, year is the yeah, distance yeah, light travels sorry. in a year. I've got it back to front. Yeah. A light year isn't a, me- a measurement of time, even though we're talking about year. Yeah. It's a measurement of distance. Yeah. So for people who don't know, it's how long it takes for light to mm. travel in a year. Anyway, the orbit is retrograde. Yeah. And I know you know this one as well. Take it away. Well, it's against the orbit of the planets. Correct. Mm. So um, I didn't write this down, but I think retrograde is actually clockwise because the planets orbit anti-clockwise. But you always see them. Oh, no. You do always see them orbiting anti-clockwise. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it's on its 18 degree incline mm-hmm. with the most of the orbit in the south. So if you take... Earth's orbit around the sun as a level plane, which most of the other planets are on a level plane, the same plane. Somewhat, as, yeah. yeah. As well. Halley's Comet is 18 degrees off that and like like I said, to the south of that. So, and, and it's most of it. So, most of its orbit yeah. is below us. Anyway, that's enough maths. Let's get on to um, the science part of it, really. So, in its past of us in 1986, uh, we were in the space age. A couple of space missions were launched to take pictures of the comet's yeah, nucleus. boy. Mm. I did have the names of them, but skipping them. So, uh, what we see from the Earth as it's in the sky is actually the coma of the comet. We see the tail of the things that are burning off as it gets closer to the sun. Stuff with low boiling points like water, carbon monoxide, and carbon dioxide. So, how do we see the tail? I'm actually going to quote Wikipedia because this was pretty cool and pretty in-depth. And I didn't really want to destroy how we actually see it. Okay. So, gas molecules in the coma absorb solar light and then re-radiate it at different wavelengths, a phenomenon known as fluorescence. Whereas dust particles- oh, so it's a bunch of fluoros. Yeah, pretty much. Whereas <laughs> dust particles scatter the solar light. So yeah, it, right. it's scattering it as well. Yeah. Both processes are responsible for making the coma visible as a fraction of the gas molecules in the coma are ionized by the solar ultraviolet radiation, pressure from the solar wind, a stream of charged particles emitted by the sun- pulls the coma's ions out into a long tail, which may extend for more than 100 million kilometres in space. That is a deep scientific explanation. It is, but boy. I wanted to put it in because you think about it, at some points- The sun t- makes stuff glow. Yeah, that's it. That's what it boils down to. 
but I wanted to leave it in because it's saying that- How do we see it? Well, the sun. Yeah. The sun's- <laughs> There's ch- light. Well, it it's charging the particles as well and making them yeah. radiate themselves. It's like when you charge your phone and then turn on the torch. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to leave it in because it's telling us that at some points, the tail of this thing is a hundred- Did I say a hundred million? Yeah, you said hundreds of millions of kilometres long. Yeah, a hundred million kilometres long, mm. the tail of it. Like that's- Half the distance to the earth. It's- Two thirds the distance to the earth. Like yeah. that's massive. That is a that's a big boy. That's why it's like looks so cool. Yeah. So, mm. but the actual center of the comet, the nucleus, as they call it, is only fifteen kilometers long, eight kilometers wide, and eight kilometers thick. Little boy. So it's not huge. Extinction event worthy. It, it's big enough yeah. to cause that. Yeah. Um. And I and they believe that it's actually made up of a large number of smaller pieces. Okay. And do you know what the shape of it is? Teardrop. No, it's actually shaped like a peanut. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, there you go. So it's been up shape. As I said before, in 1986, some pictures were taken and only about 25% of the surface was actually seen, like pictures taken. So we have this dirty, snowy, because it's cold, spoiler, and space is cold. Water on it. Yep. This dirty, snowy peanut hurtling through our solar system at a speed. You want to have a stab at what speed? Well, like you said, as they get to the aphelion, it's Yeah, slower. so where are we talking? So we're at the perihelion. Okay, so it's at least 25 k's. You want to give us an actual guess? I'm going to say that it's moving. So it's coming from a long way out. So it's probably moving. Like, what's your measurement? Meters per second or kilometers per hour? Kilometers per hour. Then it'll be like yes. I've got I've got kilometers per hour and I've got uh, kilometers per second as well. Yeah. So go per second. Per second, it'll be like eight thousand, like eight thousand meters per second or something. Okay. So as of 80, the 000. as of the 1986. At the perihelion, it was moving at 196,000 kilometers per hour or 55 and a half kilometers per hour. You know, I almost a said 100,000 Ks an hour. Should have just said that. Yeah, so 55 and a half kilometers a second. That's a quick boy. So, what's that? That's faster than you can run. Yeah, faster than a rat can run. <laughs> so, that'd be, that's a little bit further than Ipswich to Brisbane in a second. Geez, that'll make the commute a lot easier. <laughs> that's pretty quick. That one didn't land with you, did it? <laughs> Not really. I don't have to make that commute, so I don't. Really care. Oh. Anyway, that's enough of the, the science part of it. Uh, we're probably gonna actually going to get into a little bit more science stuff. Like we're anyway. half an hour into the recording. Yeah. Oh, there's been a lot of banter. Yeah. Um, so, as the comet passed the Earth in 1835, yep. which was the first time- Wild West. After it was named, mm-hmm. uh, it was then due again in 1910. So, people in the 1800s didn't freak out? No. They actually- uh, I guess there was only like 30 people in the world at that point, so- I, I actually believe they had, like, telescopes sold very well in 1835. Yep. Uh, I believe they sold very well in 1910 as well. Uh, but th- I think it was the 1835 that hotels were actually offering, like, spe- special pa- packages for, like- um, Roof access and yeah, stuff nice. like that to so be you able can to go up and look. Yeah, and it's in the it's in the sky for quite a while, so you're going to have a lot of time uh, to look. I said what six weeks? Yeah, and then it comes back again after. Do you remember that one that was here like a couple of years ago? I'm going to bring that like up. Like start of 2020. Neo, Neo wise, just cucked me because I was like, <laughs> leave it for the end because it comes up. All right, sure. Um, Stupid Neo. <laughs> so they knew it was coming again in 1910. Like yeah. they had the prediction. They knew it was. Yeah. Every 76 years. So, in 1907, a Kentucky newspaper asked if it was going to collide with the Earth. Sure. 
Uh, this was the kind of the first rumblings of, oh, no. Um, scientists reassured worried earthlings that they know they would not smash into us. Oh, it's so like today. <laughs> but a French, yeah, well, there is the Just yeah. so like today. Like, oh, what if this thing that can't happen happens? Yeah. Oh, hi, I'm an expert. It can't happen. Who are you? You're a dumbass. No, I believe. Anyway. A little bit different because uh, a French scientist called Camille Flammarion warned that Earth would pass through the comet's tail. Because it was yep. it was passing in a way it that always does. No, nah, not always. It didn't in. 19- it happens every year. It didn't happen in 1986 because the comet was on the other side of the sun to the Earth. Yeah, but then you go through it on the other side. Anyway, it, they, they call it the halioids or something. Like it happens every year. Oh, the meteorite shower. But, yeah, because yeah. you go through particles from the. Yeah. Anyway, um, like, come on, I'm no expert, but I just said that. All right. Yep. So this French well, scientist this, decides to freak everyone out. Yeah, this was like I said, this was the first time after it was named that we had like telescopes and what was the country that you like- took a shot at the other week? Was it Germany? I'm going to start taking shots at France. Uh, in what reference was it? I don't know. Anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, so this French scientist was like, "No, we're going to go through its tail." Uh-huh. According to Lemarion, there was we a- going through the tail. Yeah, there was a chance that we all die. Cyogen gas would impregnate the atmosphere and possibly snuff out all life on the planet. It's very likely. You know what saves you from it? Baguettes. <laughs> Cyogen- <laughs> Come to Claude's baguette shop right now. Cyogen is a very deadly poison. Yeah. The New York Times helpfully pointed out. Mm. A grain of its potassium salt touched to the tongue is sufficient to cause instant death. Well, now I'm terrified. I take back everything I said. I believe it. We're all going to die. This was a panic that swept the world. Sure. There was lots of new papers printing ends of the end of times, the end of the world. The media really got behind this, and of course the, they did. The media caused the media caused this panic, like you were saying. The comparison, yeah, to today. Uh, there were still a ton of astronomers and scientists that disagreed. Yeah, of course there was, stating that the gas was too dispersed to impregnate the atmosphere. Yeah, because it was in a vacuum or something, and because it would have happened at some point. Mm. However, there were people who took advantage of the situation. Oh, was there? Yes, because there's lots of people panicking. I said this was a panic mm. of 1910. People yeah. were freaking out. Mm. Um, and anti-comet pills appeared on the market. Why is it always pills? <laughs> I don't know. Like, why is it always pills? Like, remember at the start of COVID, people were like, is these pills? I'll stop it. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Why is it always pills? Weren't they like horse tablets as well or something? Yeah, there was the horse medicine one. Yeah. Yeah. I want to start like every medicine has to come in suppository form. <laughs> What, that, do you, what that, do you really want to protect yourself from? That says more about you than it does about everyone Just, else. What do you really want to protect yourself from? So because you got to get it up in there. <laughs> these people. Maybe it's an <laughs> maybe maybe an ointment form. Like everything's an, everything's an ointment. Suppository ointment. No, not both. Oh, okay. Like like that could oh, be a thing, though. got a cold ointment. Suppository. Uh, no. Now you you're brought, now you you're obsessed it with it. All right. Now you're obsessed with it. Maybe you're the weirdo. But. Oh, oh. Anyway. Could, could turn it around on me. That's right. Good on you. Got him. <laughs> Freak. <laughs> so people made these anti-comet pills and they were designed like take these pills and it's going to protect you from the gas. Yeah. Uh, closer inspection of these pills later on. Sugar pills. Revealed that they were nothing but sugar pills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always sugar pills. There was actually um, people who were selling it in, it was pointed out Haiti was one of these areas that was selling these pills. Oh. They were left alone. But there right. were two men in Texas who were arrested for fraud. Right. Only two. That surprises too. me. But yeah. But they were quickly released as authorities bowed to public pressure as their product was so in demand. Oh, come on, man. 
So they were arrested for well, fraud. They were so good at fraud, we had to let them out. Yep. Because nobody believed us that it was fraud. What? People were demanding. They were, we need our pills. You need to let these people out because we need our anti-comet pills. At that point, it must be very tempting to commit, commit fraud yourself. Yeah. you like, just Because I'd be like, oh, i got some pills. Here you go. Yeah. You've just seen two people get released yeah. from it like because their product is so in demand. hundred bucks a pill. What are they? Definitely not Panadol. <laughs> just rebranded. They're anti-comet pills. <laughs> we'll keep it for next time it's coming back. Another thing that appeared on the market. Sorry, keep it for next time so we can just yep. commit fraud yep. when Haley's get. Hey. Delete this recording. <laughs> hey, the people in 1910 got let out. The precedence has been set. Look, let's just delete the recording. Okay. <laughs> so that nobody knows that we're planning fraud yep. in, in 40 years. Radio. <laughs> we're definitely not. Wink. <laughs> oh, crap. Delete the wink, too. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so, the other thing that appeared on the market. Yeah. Was anti-comet umbrellas. Nah, that's- Yeah, sure. They rain down on you. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not sure how it was supposed to work. Iron um, umbrellas. Um, I tried looking it up how the umbrella was meant to-, to I mean, it, it feels like you have to have a very loose premise to com- to convince people to buy your snake oil product. Mm. Like, what's the science behind it? Is stuff going to fall? It's going to fall. an umbrella. <laughs> what if you're not under a building? But like I said, these things were selling very well. It wasn't just yeah. like- 50 of them appeared at a market on a Sunday morning and they all sold out. These things were selling yeah. all over the shop. Uh, leather gas masks were also a very in-demand item and it sold extremely well. Like people were buying up gas ma- gas masks to protect themselves from the cyogen gas. Speaking of gas masks, mm-hmm. I was driving to work the other day and I drove past someone at a bus stop that was wearing like a full-on uh, yep. like hazmat style, I've seen that. like Chernobyl style head. Headpiece, double, double, double barrel. It was just a big single barrel. Oh, one. single barrel one. And I was like, "You're on your own. Why are you wearing that right now?" It's out there, man. It'll get you. Uh, other- Hide your kids. Hide <laughs> your wife. <laughs> other thing people did they they filled up the cracks in their walls and plugged their keyholes to stop the ta- toxic. Well, that just seems from- like good maintenance. Yeah, but they they lined the bottom of the doors with like towels and they they shoved stuff in their keyholes. That's to like stop preparing stuff. for a storm. Yeah. You plug your keyhole when there's a storm. Well, no, but I mean, it just seems like good maintenance to plug the cracks in the walls. Yeah. Other hysterics included a theory that the Pacific would change basins with the Atlantic. What? So they theorized that the comet's gravity would cause the Pacific to rush over the Sahara and like the Africa and American continents and change like, so the waters in the Pacific and the Atlantic would swap. So they were like saying that there was houses and ships and sharks and whales and all sorts of living things <laughs> getting washed across the Sahara desert. That was, what? That, that, that was a theory that- I saw like, it, there's no reference of this ever happening no. in the millions of other times it's come past, it was, or hundreds at least. It was a scientific letter penned to the, I think it was the Royal Observatory. They said, this is a possibility that all this water is just going to swap. <laughs> but like the moon exists. Yeah, I know. And, like what? And like I said, the, the comet is how big? Yeah. <laughs> it's not very big. The moon big. is there and actually affects the tides. Yeah. How's this comet going to- I don't right. know. This was a theory sent to the Royal Observatory. This but- is the 1910s, right? Yep. Yeah. Boy, well, they're panicking. Early. Yeah. They're panicking. Yeah, I guess I haven't got a world war to worry about yet, so better worry about something. A religious group in Oklahoma- Of co- course. Yes, called the Sacred Followers believed they could stop the dangers of the, com- of the comet by offering up a virgin sacrifice. Oh, geez. Luckily, uh, local police were able to stop the group before the sacrifice was performed. The- oh, was it a volunteer? 
Uh, it didn't say. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm, ass- I'm assuming it was a volunteer because otherwise that's- When did that stop being a thing, by the way? That's like virgin not- sacrifice. Yeah, it's not something you hear about these days, is it? 1910, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it still could happen. Like, no one offered a virgin sacrifice to beat COVID, did they? Well, not that we know of. True. Of it, well, maybe they haven't. That's why we still got it. I was going to make a joke about you, but you got four <laughs> kids, so frankly, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> I just had an operation to stop that, remember? True. Preparing for the first. Yep. <laughs> a California man nailed his feet and one hand to a cross. Couldn't one ha- one yeah. hand, obviously, because he <laughs> used the other one. He was a hand. Yep. And when discovered, he begged authorities to leave him there. What? Okay. Because he what, was- Like, but why? To, what was- To stop the comet from- so he was ending the considering world. himself to be a sacrifice. I guess so. All right. Like, is it one hand though? Because he couldn't. You got to scratch somehow. Yep. <laughs> I believe there was also lots of panic in all night vigils, uh, in churches, praying for t- protection from the comet. People were also out in the streets and parks on bended knee praying. Yeah, of course they were. Yep. So there's also a belief that comets in the sky are an omen of change in governmental powers. Okay. Uh so there's also panic for what would happen. <laughs> Who there. started that? The opposition. Elbow and Scomo. Elbow's like, oh, there's a comet coming up. Elbow's back. Hey, everyone. You know what the comet means? Time to change your government. Trying to change your government. And well, that's that's going to be their uh, policy in 20 whatever. You joke about it, but there's some actual historical evidence for it. Okay. And I'm going to go through some of these. Oh, I feel us. like there's enough governments in the world you can kind of just find evidence if you wanted to. Probably, but let, let's let's go into it. It's a bit of fun. Now we're going back into the spooky episode where I don't believe anything. So, Haley's common appearance in 14, uh, not 14, 141 AD is said to be connected to the death of a South Indian king. Okay. I'm not saying his name because- How is it connected? Well, he died when it was in the sky. Okay. What about all the other people that died when it was in the sky? Yeah, but he was the leader of a country. Okay, sure. Yep. Yep. Anyway. In 451, mm-hmm. it said to herald the defeat of Attila the Hun. Okay. So, it appeared and then Attila the Hun, because he was pretty unstoppable at the time, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, wasn't he beaten by syphilis? I'm not sure. I didn't look that up. I thought he died from syphilis. Let me find out. He died from Haley's Comet, boy. <laughs> he gave him syphilis. <laughs> and that's what you get for sleeping with Haley's Comet. <laughs> you said Attila the Hun, right? Yeah. There are Genghis Khan gets a run soon. Oh, Gengi. Attila had suffered a bad nosebleed while lying in a stupor and choked to death on his own blood. Oh. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Who defeated Attila? Haley's Comet. His nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Ah, Attila the Hun was Hungarian, which has only just clicked to me. The Hun. Yeah. Yep. In 1066, the comet was seen in England, and later that year, King Harold II died at the Battle of Hastings and William the Conqueror claimed the throne. Battle of Hastings might be an episode topic in future. Oh, make sure you mention it was foreshadowed by Haley's Comet. Okay, sure. Uh, There are claims that the uh, 1222 visit inspired Genghis Khan to turn his attention towards Europe. Might have been one of those things that he was rampaging through where he was and he seen the comet. Was that star going? Yep. And Mm. he, he followed it and took him to Europe. Right. 1456, the Ottoman Empire invaded the Kingdom of Hungary during the comet's visit. Yep. Okay. So, did anything happen in 1910 that caught like these political, governmental? There's also a bunch of. Um, I only went the governmental side, but there's also a bunch of references to um, like pestilence and, and and famines and fires and stuff sure. that happened when the comets had visited throughout the years. So, in 1910, it did cause unrest in China, and that was on the eve of the Zhenhai Revolution. Zhenhai. 
So the comet appeared and more like Zen Bai. I think. I think so. It's a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Zen Bai. Yeah, I got it. Because there. Yeah. 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 Good one. So I think the comet appeared the on, <laughs> like I said the eve the revolution started uh, and that would end the last dynasty in China in 1911. So that carried mm. on for a, a little while. And then things got great in China. Well, that's what there you go. That's what we just discovered what happened when we said that. Yeah. Way. Also, on May 6th, 1910, with Halley's Comet high in the bright sky, like high and bright in the sky, England's king, Edward VII, died in his bed. Oh, well, he was just blown away by how beautiful it was. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, okay. There was, he, he died from, um, I believe, cancer, and that night he had about three heart attacks. He said, no, nah, I'm going to stick this through, and then, yeah, died in his bed. But yeah, stick this through. Yeah, he's quoted saying something like, this is not going to defeat me. But yeah, he died while Halley's Comet was- <laughs> Shining bright in the sky. He's having three heart attacks. He's like, mm, yeah. I think I'm going to survive this. Yep. Uh, Guess he was wrong. One more victim yep. to the comet that I'm going to tell you about. Okay. Boy, Mark Twain. Oh, no. Do you know who Mark Twain is? Huckleberry Finn. Yes, he's the writer yeah. of Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer. Oh, no. Don't tell me he licked the comet and got syphilis. He was born November 30th, 1835. Okay. Does that year sound familiar? I've yeah. checked out a lot of that years. That was the last time it was around. It was exactly oh, two yeah. weeks after the comet's perihelion and yeah. he died- When it was in the sky again. On the 21st of April, 1910, the day after its return perihelion. Jeez. All right. I'm behind that one. He is quoted- Did he at least get to see it? I'm, I think he did. Yeah. Because um, man, that'd annoy me if I die before it comes back. He is quoted in saying- I came with Halley's Comet in 1835. It is coming again next year, and I expect to go out with it. It will be the greatest disappointment of my life if I don't go out with Halley's oh, Comet. Oh, he killed himself. He absolutely <laughs> killed himself. The Almighty has said, no doubt. Now, here are these two unaccountable freaks. They came in together. They must go out together. Oh, he killed himself. You reckon? There's no question that he- You reckon that he's not there like, oh, jeez, I made this bold statement. I better kill myself <laughs> to make it right. Do you reckon he did it on purpose with the perihelion just to be like- Oh, yeah. I don't know any details about Mark Twain's death, but I'm saying it was- Epstein didn't kill himself, but Twain did. <laughs> That's actually the full quote. Okay. Buddha said that. Oh, not a, not you? Not Aaron? <laughs> Aaron's not, not going to write that down with your little name quoted afterwards? Yeah, that's actually the full meme. <laughs> there have been a few more weird happenings related to comets since 1910. So, we're not just going to- Modern day after this, it's not just like oh, those people so uncivilized they had no so idea. So, like the whole thing there was that some like one newspaper in Kentucky caused all that. Well, that was the start of it. That was the start yeah. of like this is is this going to kill us? And then a couple of scientists went, "Well, yeah, there's a chance that this really, really deadly poison's going to oh, man spread that, through the atmosphere." Like, and then a bunch of other newspapers got on board with it. And do you reckon those scientists regretted it? They're like, oh, yeah, well, nothing have happened. Said that. Obviously, but like, nothing obviously, happened. like if they're scientists, right? They should know that what they're saying is like not very likely. Yeah, I think that's what caused the panic to spread so far. Is that it wasn't just random people out there. It was. Have you seen Don't Look Up on Netflix? Oh, I was going to bring that up because this is yeah. very, very topical. Very for- similar, and it makes me like. There's a scene in that. It's not a spoiler, but like, there's a scene where they're like they're talking about. He goes, "Oh, it's gonna hit," and they're like, "Well, you can't say a hundred percent. Nothing's a hundred percent." And he's like, "Oh, well, it's like ninety nine point seven six percent," and they're like. Oh, see, so it's not 100%. And he's like, well, no, like, it's going to hit. And they're like, no, you said it's not 100%. That's what that reminds it. Like, maybe yeah. those scientists were like, well, yeah, like, there's a 0.001% chance that it'll kill us all. And the newspaper's like, that's all we need. Yeah. <laughs> Scientist confirms death to all. Yeah. So I think that's why 
it's I think it's actually a case study in how media can cause panic because mm. and and this this was different because it was kind yeah. of the first time scientists were backing up saying yeah there's a chance this could happen so that, mm. that's why like everyone's out selling anti-comet pills and plugging up their keyholes and Man, nailing hope, themselves to crosses and stuff like that. I really hope there's a pack of anti-comet pills out there somewhere still. Oh, like in a museum. I'm somewhere. sure it'd be a museum somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so we're not just going to stick to like oh, 111 years ago. These people are yeah. stupid. So, in 1997, when uh, I've got Halo Bop. I don't think that's right. Is it Halo Bop? Uh, Hal Bop. Hal Bop. Yeah. I've, I think must have auto-corrected to Halo. So, in 1997, when Hal Bop comet graced the earth with its presence, Members of Heaven's Gate cult committed mass suicide oh, yeah. to ascend to an alien spacecraft they believed to be in the comet's tail. Yeah. I remember hearing about that. Not like at the time, yeah. just reading about Do you, it. Oh, I was five. I know you remember this one because you talked about it before. Neowise from March 2020. Oh boy. I am mad at Neowise. There are conspiracy, conspiracy theorists out there that blame COVID-19 on its appearance. It foreshadowed pestilence. Because like I said, they're, throughout history, sure. the comet's- Haley's comment in particular has said to be an omen and foreshadow like disease and fire and stuff that's happened previously. Right. So, I mean, you could say that like anything foreshadows anything, but yeah, really, like if enough, enough of it happens. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Yeah. So, Neo Wise, yes. like I decided, well, like obviously I'm a space nerd. We we had my telescope out in the backyard and yeah. we? we were trying to find it. Yep. And you found it, didn't you? I believe I found it. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. So, I I had like, a website I was going to every day to be like, is this thing above the horizon at night so I can see it? And for weeks, I was looking this thing up and I'm like, it's going to happen. It's going to be above the horizon at night sometime soon. I'm going to be able to see it. Finally, the day it was supposed to be visible- Clouds. Cloudy for like two days. We were getting these awesome pictures from the Northern Hemisphere that was like daytime. You can see it daytime. see it so clear with the big tail and everything. So eventually, like it clears up. I'm like, sick, let's go outside. I've got binoculars and stuff. I'm like up on a hill, like looking down. Like, oh, where's this thing? I don't think I ever saw it. No, I, I'm not sure I saw it either. I spent days looking it up, pointing it out in the sky. Like, look over there. That's where it'll be. There are, if, yeah. if this has interested you, there are websites you can go to that tell you the next visible comet mm. um, and when it's due to arrive. Most of them are kind of crap. Yeah, not, not on the scale of Halley's Comet. Mm. Um, so it's due to arrive back in 2061. Halley's Comet. Um, it's expected to be brighter than the 1986 visit because, like I said, last time it was on the opposite side of the sun to yeah. where the Earth is. This time it will be on the same side of the sun as us. Its brightness will be negative 0.3. So do you know the, like, the brightness scale that they have? Uh, it's based on the moon, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit brighter than the moon mm. um, compared to the plus 2.1 brightness in 1986. So it was like, yeah, it wasn't very bright oh, then. yeah. Um, Wait, so minus is brighter than the sun? The minus the is brighter, yeah. That don't make sense, but all right. That's what it is. The following visit in 2134. Sure. We, we're not going to get to that one, I, I don't think. I know, modern science. Um, it's predicted to have a brightness of negative 2.0. So that one's going to be, that's going to be. That'll be a bright boy. That's going to be a good one to see. Yeah. Unfortunately. Anyway, so that's Haley's Comet. That's the panic of 1910. People have been freaking out over comets over the uh, many years. Um not so much since, um, but yeah, people went pretty nuts during 1910, thinking that the world was going to end. It just seems like in that era, people just, they wanted to be freaked out. Yeah. Like, that was when the War of the Worlds thing happened. Like, that was maybe the 30s or 40s. Yeah, that was a bit later, I think, the radio play. Yeah. yeah. 40, uh, 50, I don't know. 
sort of around that time. Like, just yeah, no, you're right. Freaking out over anything back then. The, the World of the Worlds things come up in the Roswell episode that was yeah. uh, a couple of years before Roswell. Yeah, might also be an episode. But um, good one, boy. You got me hooked straight away. Well, I've got a little bit of a bonus tale if we got time. Bonus tale. No, it's another space theme, another space panic theme. Okay. Um, so, do you want to head into that one? Sure. Okay. So, it's not comic re- uh, comet related, but it's another space panic story. So, okay. John Glenn. Do you know who John Glenn oh, is? Oh, boy, do I know who John Glenn Radio. is. Radio. Friendship 7 and the Mercury Project. Yep. Right. First American to orbit the Earth. Correct. Uh, Godspeed, John Glenn. So, do you know anything that happened during that orbit? Um. Something happened, I remember. Okay, well, I'm about to tell you what happened. Yeah. So, he saw, he reported back to Mission Control, Mm. he saw fireflies around his spacecraft. Right. Yeah. So, I've got his quote here. I'm in a big mass of thousands of very small particles that are brilliantly lit up like they're luminescent. Yeah. They are bright yellowish green, about the size and intensity of a firefly on a real dark night. I've never seen anything like it. They swirl around the capsule and go in front of the window and they're all brilliantly lighted. They are probably probably average maybe seven or eight feet apart, but I can see them all down below me. Also, they're very slow. They're not going away from me more than maybe three or four miles per hour. They're going at the same speed I am approximately. They're only very slightly under my speed. Over. They do, they do have a different motion, though... From me, because they swirl around the capsule and then depart back the way I am looking. So that's, you can actually probably go on YouTube and find the recording of that. Yeah. So naturally, Mission Control was a bit worried about what he was describing, as space travel was quite new in 1962. Uh, They weren't expecting this at all. One theory that was happening at this time was that Friendship 7's heat shield was disintegrating. Yeah, well, I was going to say it's stuff from the, um, like the booster that got it up there. Yeah. So not something would have happened, the heat shield. Friendship 7, was that a, that, that was a Mercury Atlas? Um, I don't have that. That's going to be- or was it a Mercury Redstone? That's going to be your knowledge, boy. That's, I think it was a Mercury Atlas. So, anyway. why don't you want the heat shield to disintegrate, boy? Well, because then when you come back in, your heat shield's not going to be there and you're going to burn up. Correct. And also, it, it's protecting the craft while it's orbiting at 17,000 miles per hour around mm. the thing. Something else they were concerned about was that uh, Glenn himself was hallucinating. Again, like the effects of- Space madness. Yep. (laughs) So, what were these fireflies? Some weird space phenomenon? Aliens? Definitely. Yeah. Let's chalk that up. Give it a big tick and non-investigate it any further. All right. That's it. That's that's what you heard. No. It was actually just his own sweat and urine that was vented from the ship. That's awesome. (laughs) That makes me so happy. Uh, It was, yeah. He's just taking a leak and he's like, geez, what's this? Yeah. It was frozen because, like I said, space is cold. Um, and so I it was guess just, if you're the first person to ever see it, you might not get it. It was just some yeah. body fluid snowflakes. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. It was confirmed on the next flight of Scott Carpenter's Aurora 7 uh, when he saw the same thing and was able to identify the source by tapping on the walls and making it like, because it was, as it was vented, it was freezing to the uh, outside of the capsule. Oh. Um, and then, yeah, he was able to tap that. on the wall and make yeah. it come off and then make these fireflies appear because it's yeah, kind right. I guess it was kind of also like burning up maybe because yeah. it was- well, I mean, it's moving around. But, but yeah, yeah, it was his own piss. <laughs> he was freaked out by his own piss. Nice. I've been freaked out my, by my piss before, but- so That's a little bonus tale. Um, I got a bonus tale for you. Yes, I, I was hoping you'd bring this up. Yeah. So, let's hear it. All right. But so, you got Friendship, friendship 7 and the Space Piss. We're going a little bit different. Aaron's going to tell us a little bonus story because we want- I know the story. I don't know the story, but I know of the story Aaron's about to tell. Yeah. And we, we've kind of like, how are we going to do this? Are we going to- 
do it as a one episode where we both tell each stories and like th- that 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 one was a little um little tale on space story and I know Aaron's got a space story and I don't know he's got nothing prepared but I know he knows the story off the top of his head so let's hear it <laughs> so you got friendship 7 and what we now know as the space piss yep you've got a few years further down the line you're in 1969 nice <laughs> <laughs> thank you I left that there for you and now, as we know, Apollo 11 <laughs> happened in 1969. Yep. Nice. Yep. <laughs> um, a little, like a few months before Apollo 11 becomes, uh, comes the most underrated mission, Apollo 10. Apollo 10 was not landing on the moon, but it was doing everything except landing on the moon. Yeah, that's right. It went there, ordered yeah. it. Did it do the landing part and then aborted it? So, it, it came down, like it, it, they separated the lunar module and the command yep. module. The lunar module did its retrograde burn. Came down, got within, I think, like 10, 20 Ks or something, and then aborted and went back up. And this was manned, wasn't it? Yes. So, S- there's- That sucks for those people. They I were know. so close yeah. to being the first one. Yeah. They, um, they, I don't know if it's true because there's conflicting sources of information okay. on it. Um, and I don't think NASA ever said, but they purposefully underfueled the lunar module right. so that they were like, hey, you can't land. Right. So, that they wouldn't just do it. Yep. Um, so, Apollo 10, right? You can imagine at this time, the world is buzzing. So, everyone's watching these Apollo missions, right? And Apollo 10 is the last one before the big show. So, mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, what are they doing? So, early in the mission, they're like on their way to the moon. Space poo. <laughs> All of a sudden. We did a splash title. Space poo. Space poo. <laughs> the sequel. Space piss. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, they're like the, the three astronauts are like, what's that? <laughs> Oh, gross. <laughs> and there's just a poop floating around in the command module. And they're like, oh, whose is that? And so now I'm picking up the transcript. I didn't do it. It ain't one of mine. Next voice. I don't think it's one of mine. Third voice. Mine was a little more sticky than that. <laughs> Throw it that way. How many people are in the in the module? Three. Three. So All three of them are like, it's not mine. It's not mine. It's not mine. Just the so random cat they've got with they us. Get, they get rid of that bit. Nine minutes later, more poo. Oh. They said on 135, they told us that, here's another goddamn turd. What's the matter with you guys? Here, give me a- The other two laughing. Well, babe, if it was me, I sure would know I was shitting on the floor. (laughs) It was just floating around. Yes, more laughter. Mine was stickier than that. Mine was too. It hit that bag. When I stuck my finger in mine, mine was too soft. God dang. More laughter. Laughter. I don't know whose that is. I can neither claim it nor disclaim it. Nobody knows whose poo it was. Uh-huh. Nobody knows who missed the bag when they took a poo. Wouldn't it be great if it was just some technician before they left and they've just, just got to the point the where, where it's just actually appeared out of some <laughs> little just dark corner out of that it was? Yeah. Oh, well, there's also the uh, one of the um, Gemini missions. One of the astronauts took a corn corn beef sandwich. And so he gets up into space. He's like, hey, man, because there's only two of them in this. Mm. He's like, hey, man. One corned beef sandwich. And he's like, where the hell did you get a corned beef sandwich? And he's like, I snuck it on. And he's like, what do you mean you snuck it on? Rebels. Well, it's a big deal because like every pound of weight oh, true. is massive in yep. space flight. And so he snuck a sandwich on. <laughs> like that's the kind of thing that could accidentally ruin a mission. Yep. And then they're like trying to eat it. And there's like bits of it floating around. Like, you know, the Simpsons episode where like Homer's oh, in space. The ants get into the console. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like that. There's bits of like That's probably sandwich. where they took it from. Yeah. So. Oh, there you go. Second 
Second bonus story from me. Yeah, I, I knew, I'd hope you were going to bring yeah. that up. I know you didn't have anything prepared and I didn't want to spoil what mine was going to be on. Boo. That's a little bit. There you go. That's, that's the episode. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Good um, bit of space piss, bit of space poo and some comic comet hysteria. Yeah. I got to get me some space pills. Some anti-comet pills? Yeah. Give me some of them. Some anti-Jupiter pills because it's so big, the gravity is affecting us. Yeah. Here's my theory. Jupiter's going to suck us all in. You reckon? Yep. We're going to be a moon of Jupiter? Yep. That's kind of one of the things Print I've always- that in the media. Always kind of like, I, I, you can hope for it. It's never going to happen, but it'd be kind of cool if we had like a gas giant near us. That we could see. That you could see. So mm-hmm. you just got the, like the moon, the moon's small. The moon's cool. The moon's cool to look at. Like Love I've got a, moon. got a cool telescope and a cool camera that I can zoom right in. Top two celestial bodies. And have a look at. But if we would just have like this giant other celestial body, that has got some rings that we just got these rings coming out. Yeah. Like it'd just be cool. Yeah. I always wonder what the view is from like a moon orbiting Saturn. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Anyway, good episode, boy. Thanks. Thanks. Well, I knew you'd like that one. I know you're, yeah. you're a space fan and I was, like I said, I'd, I knew you'd be able to help out with the terminology and yep. sorry for going into, Boy, the, did I. into the weeds with a bit of mass and science, but kind of had to set it up a little bit for people to understand. And if you didn't know anything about Halley's Comet, now you do. It's coming back in 2061. Yep. Our little friend, the peanut. So that'll be, like I said, I'll be 60, I'll be 76 when it comes back. So hoping I get to hang around and see that because that'll be awesome. You're seven years older than me, aren't you? So I'll be 69. <laughs> 69 when Haley's Comet comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, there's other comets. Um, it's known as a short period comet because it's around under 200 years. It comes back every yeah, two. It's, like it's one of the only comets that someone can see twice in their lifetime. Yeah. I think it might- Not me though. I think it might be the only comet people are able to see twice in their lifetime. Yeah. Um, so, and it's, it, like I said, it's bright enough that it can be seen during the day. So Yeah. And that's bright. Yeah. Mm. So that's cool. Thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging around, sticking around through the mass and science portion of this week's episode. Uh, we're going to have pictures up on the social pages. At um, Cheeky Tales Pod, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yep. Um, give us a like, give us a follow. You're already listening to us, so you don't need to find that on the link tree where you can listen to us. We're on all the major podcast sites. But if you want to share it with a friend, someone who might like some space. Share it with a friend who likes space and maths. Um, you can just offload that link tree to them. Yep, because everything's there. Anyway, thanks for listening. And as always, see you in a fortnight for my episode. Goodbye. Bye.